Vicky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! Ladies and gentlemen, you're back for another episode of HR Talk featuring the world renowned, post nominally driven, captain of the universe, the man with no pants. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Ricky Baez. For the record, I am in fact wearing pants. I am. And that's been another episode of HR Talk, (laughs) the shortest podcast in history. Tune in next week for episode 3,542. (laughs) Where he still won't have pants on. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's one of the funny things out there in the podcast world, Rick, you know, especially in the world of uh, corporate podcasts. You ever seen those or, or heard those, right? Um, and no discredit ones? to our friends, because uh, don't no. get me wrong. Jordan George, great guy. He does like a, a corporate podcast for his employees does, within yeah. his organization. Good stuff. Yeah. But some of them out there, they're like, hey, tune in for episode 5,672 of Your Word. And it's like, oh, cool. Let's check this out. It's a five-minute episode. Five-minute episode of a podcast. Extremely well produced, though. I mean, good kudos going yeah. out there to those that can afford the gear. And do it the right yeah. way or do it the cheap That's cheap right. way or whatever you do. You know, it's all good. Hey, um, I am JC. That is Ricky Baez. And we are on the Work. heels of three weeks of getting to know the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky. Ricky, it's our pleasure to have you back on your show. Um, how's the fallout been since exposing your life to the world? How many uh, people from uh, Kenya and Nigeria have been looking you up and, and trying to learn more about you? Because let me tell you, I got word back from the intern, brother. And he said that things have been pretty active on social media, so much so to the point uh, that we're getting a lot of tracks and follows from so many spammers and scammers. It's unbelievable. So a lot of people really like you, I think. I don't know if they like me or it's more of a, wow, I didn't know that about that guy. Now I like him even less. (laughs) So I've had, no, well, I've had some people reach out to me and tell me that they didn't know that about me. They didn't know this about me. And I'm like, really? We've known each other for such a long time, and now all of a sudden, like 30, 20, 20 years later, like, I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, man. Like what? So now, Give me an example. Now, um, So it, it's about how I got into HR and how it wasn't planned and how I got into the core and it wasn't planned. How pretty much every important thing in my life was not planned. <laughs> it just, I just stumbled upon life, and boom, there's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. Okay, I'll take advantage of these opportunities, and Boom, there it is. And they didn't know that. I'm like, well, there you go. I don't plan that much. So uh, speaking of planning, speaking of your life, speaking of making wrong decisions in the future, how's it going out in the world of Florida without a face mask and everything being normal again? Like (laughs) you didn't plan for that, right? I did not. I am excited because Florida is slowly opening back up for business. A couple of weeks ago, the restaurants opened um, as of the date of this recording, which is the Monday after Mother's Day. We had to take Mother's Day off. Come on. Um, as of the date of this recording, um, all barbershops opened up, got my hair cut, and I am excited, excited, excited to start seeing Florida just slowly going back to whatever that new normal is going to be. Yeah. So what is it? What is that new normal like right now? What's it like you know, when you go to the grocery store right now? It's um, it's weird because it depends on which grocery store you go to. And same thing with restaurants. So 
if you go to Publix, they got everything well organized. You got certain aisles that you go one way, and then you've got some markings on the floor that tells you where to stand. And then you go to other other um not almost at restaurants, other grocery stores, and it's just a hot mess in there. And there's people skipping lines. There's people doing all kinds of different things, people freaking out. There's some people who show up looking in hazmat suits, other people who show up thinking nothing ever happened. So you can get the best of both worlds in uh, Walmart. You didn't uh, you didn't take your uh, inflatable T-Rex costume for a road trip to uh, Walmart, did you? I did not. <laughs> you seen those videos, I, though? I did. I yeah. did see those. Yeah, yes, there's I did. a lot of crazy stuff going on. So they are, but but you know what, though? On Friday night, we decided to go to a favorite Mexican restaurant here in Orlando Azteca. You've been there. And I'm thinking, all right, let's see how they're going to do this, because in Florida, uh, restaurants can open up, but they have to open up at uh, seating capacity of 25% of what they originally were and outside seating. So one table, yes, one table, no. Um, all the associates wearing masks. So as soon as we walked in, it was really weird because it looked like I'm walking into a really, really big dentist's office. Everybody <laughs> has that clear mask on. Everybody got this protective gear. Yeah. But they're handling pretty good, pretty good. And now that was on Friday. On Saturday, I went to another restaurant, completely different one that sells wings. I'm not going to mention the name. They really did a horrible job. They're not handling this whole 25% thing very well. They really aren't. Uh, you mean so, like the uh, the place was packed, everything was normal, belly to belly? No, no. Um, there's a line outside the door. Um, their orders are all messed up. It's like they've never run a restaurant before. It's like everybody who was competent to run a restaurant went away somewhere pre-COVID. COVID happened. Now nobody knows how to do anything. In that yeah, place. they got laid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they called you know? them back. Right. Well, maybe they weren't ready to come back this weekend. Maybe they they want to stay home and collect the checks more or something. I, I don't know. That. Well, funny you say that because right now we're we're at a point in our state where we are calling people back. The people who are furloughed are being called back. But in the state of Florida, unemployment it's uh two fifty, two seventy five a week. I don't know how much it is in the state of New York, but in Florida that's how it is. Oh, and it's better. <laughs> What, what? <laughs> I want to well, hear this. I, it, no, I laugh because I I know people that are uh, they're having a real hard time right now. I know people that are really really struggling right now, and those people that are having a hard time and struggling right now spend a good eight to ten hours on the phone trying to file for their unemployment for the fourth oh, week in a row. Still dude. can't get through. Can't get no, things they processed. You know, it's uh it's kind of a joke. So you talk, you know, that they get X amount of dollars a week. Up here, it's, yeah, they spend that much time on the phone and still have to pay their bills, you know? It's, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> they do. Point, you know? But but here's the thing. So in Florida, it's 275 a week plus whatever the federal government kicks in with the $600. So that's 875 875 And if you do the math, 20 21 bucks an hour. So when people get furloughed and if they start getting those benefits, when they do get those benefits, um, there's a lot of people who are going to be breaking even. So then the question comes up, why am I going back to work? And we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that. And what people don't realize is that for you to get unemployment benefits, you have to be willing and able to work. Those two key things need to be present in your situation for you to get unemployment benefits. But if your employer gives you a call and says, hey, come on back, we have a job for you. And you say, no, I make 
just amount of money sitting here doing nothing, thinking that you could just say no to your employer and then continue to pick up a check. So you got something else coming, bud, because when we let the unemployment office know that, hey, we um, we called this person back, they refused to come back. What do you think is going to happen to your check? What do you think is going to happen to those benefits? They're going to refuse to come to your bank account. That's what's going to happen. And then you're stuck between a rock and the unemployment place yet again. And we don't know what it's. That's what we're seeing right now. So the, in your, the following dates are estimates as of right now, based on current information available from nations, states and counties. With Disney Parks not responding to a request for comment, speaking on May 5th, Disney CEO Bob Iger said it's too early to predict when Disney will be reopening all of its theme parks across the world. We are evaluating a number of different scenarios to ensure a cautious, sensible, and deliberate approach to the eventual reopening of our parks, he said during a Disney earnings call. When was this? Last week. So that was on May 5th, May 5th. This is according to CNET.com. Okay. I thought they had the other guy in charge now, but okay, fine. So as, as part of Governor Gavin Newsom's plan to reopen California, Disneyland and other theme parks will likely fall into the final category of those allowed to resume operations in Mm -hmm. stage four. Stage one, safety and preparedness, more testing, contact tracing, PPE, hospital surge capacity, making essential work environments as safe as possible, preparing workforce guidelines. Ricky, do you know what stage two is? It's uh, gradually opening some lower risk workplaces (laughs) with changes like retail with curbside pickup, manufacturing offices where telework is impossible. The next school year, potentially starting in July or August, child care facilities for limited numbers. That is your stage two. Moving on to stage three. Ready for stage three, Rick? I am. I'm ready. I'm holding on to my seats. Opening higher risk environments. With adaptations and limits on size for gatherings. For example, hair and nail salons, gyms, movies, sports, without live audiences, religious services. That is your stage three. Without live audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They just go out there and they run around and do stuff and you sit home and watch them. Uh, And then there's stage four. Do you want stage four? I do. Stage four is the end of the stay-home order, reopening highest-risk experiences and venues like Chick-fil-A, including concerts, convention centers, sports <laughs> with live audiences, once therapeutics have been developed. Those are your four stages, according to Gavin Newsom. Ricky, back to you. Um, Florida got some stages. Stage something just happened. I don't know what number we're at. Stage Florida, man. Y'all get out there now. Go to the beach. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Man, dude, there are some people out here that are really passionate on either side. There's some people who still want to hunker down because they're afraid. And there's some people who are like, you know what? These numbers are a lie. I'm going to get out there. This is just the government lying to me to keep control over me. It's a bad flu season at the end of the day, right? Uh, that's the understatement of the year. Yes, it is a bad flu season. <laughs> that's what Twitter said. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bad flu season. But you know what, JC, I'm going to take my HR hat off. And and here's here's what I believe. And I wish people would do right. 
stop protesting. If you're serious about what you believe in, just do what you do your thing. Just do your thing. Walk around without a mask. Go ahead and touch your face and let Darwinism prove itself. Just let it happen. So and we're good. So with that, moving on to the state of Florida, Walt Disney Peace World, Park. post May 2020. According to CNET, during a meeting on April 28th, Orlando's Orange County Economic Recovery Task Force outlined guidelines and mandates for theme parks, specifically mentioning Disney World. At large theme parks, it's recommending two guidelines, tape markings of six feet apart in lines for attractions, and encourage staff who are age 65 and up to stay home. Although people are being asked really to stay, that? yeah. Although people are asked to stay <laughs> six feet apart and limit group sizes to ten, Walt Disney World looks to be much closer to reopening sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Now, mandates involve Disney capping its capacity to fifty percent in Phase One, seventy-five percent in Phase Two, touchless hand sanitizer at all entryways, turnstiles, and attraction entries and exits, and wiping down all railings and surfaces after every single touch. The task force also said that there must be temperature checks for staff prior to their shifts, and staffers with a temperature above 100.4 will not be permitted inside Disney World. All employees with flu-like <laughs> symptoms must stay home. It goes on, but we will pause right there. I, yeah, so I, I'm one. So anybody in HR knows there is a a law, an act the Age and Discrimination and Employment Act, ADEA, that specifically says there is you cannot discriminate against anybody based on the basis of age over the age of 40. So with what you just read, what Disney is planning on doing in one of those phases is that anybody over the age of 65 are encouraged to stay home. So they're not being told to stay home, the employees. They're encouraged. So I guess my question is what does that mean if I'm 70 years old and I'm like, forget that order. You're encouraging me. That's fine. I still need to go to work and make a paycheck. So would they discipline me? Would they kick me out? What would they do if or, it's encouraged? Or do you sign a waiver? Ooh, yeah. 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 Would yeah. you sign that? But then again, isn't that discriminatory? So so, what, so why would you sign that it's waiver? A, it, it was, that's a very good question. Would it be deemed discriminatory? Yeah. So because I under pandemic guidelines and rulings, that's a different ball of wax, right? And, and, th- and this is post. This is post pandemic. Uh, this is post apocalyptic times. Correct. That's right. Correct. Yes, it is post. So, for for them to say, I guess they will sign a waiver to say they're not Disney's but, not responsible for anything that would happen. But the people below sixty five do not have that same uh, availability, right? But that same pandemic guideline and guidance that's out there that's being published by uh, all God and creation. We could research it if need be. And we've talked about it on previous shows. Also okay. includes checking the temperature of your employees. So okay. that, that guidance is following forward into the post-pandemic world. So yeah. having the advisement to encourage those that are high risk to stay home. So, but, but even that's weird, right? Because if you get anybody to check your temperature other than a medical professional, who are they to tell me that I need to go home because of A, B, and C? What's your medical degree? Could you imagine the amount of people that actually take the, uh, the laser temperature checkers that they use to check the air ducts and start blasting people in the forehead? And then how many people wind up with like coronal uh, issues, like 
or, or I'm sorry, cornea issues, like issues with their eyes because they start getting blasted. You know what I mean? Now you change their prescription because you tried to check their temperature. It's just it's a downhill slide right there. My iris is burnt to a crisp. Yeah, but you don't have coronavirus. So that's that's the good thing. So blind. (laughs) So we were talking about the phases of California previously moving Mm -hmm. on with Florida here. Mandates involve Disney capping its capacity at 50 percent in phase one, 75 percent in phase two. And some of the other things we talked about. Now, look, it's unclear when Orlando's phases will begin. But phase one of reopening Florida begins today. Monday, the day mm. of this recording, according Did to this article by week? CNET. Phase one was restaurants, and that happened last week. You're killing me right now. Hang no, on. No, it, it, I was, at, I was yep. at two restaurants last week. The the, uh, the date of this article is May 11th or huh. March 11th. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. March, April. March no, 11th? May, May 11th. Oh, okay. And uh, May 11th, and uh, they're talking about Monday being today. So the statewide rules barring South Florida will similarly see restaurants and retail stores limited to 25% capacity. Movie theaters, hair salons, gyms, bars remain closed. Those visiting Florida from out of state must self-isolate for two weeks. Although DeSantis said Florida is likely uh, weeks rather than months away from stage two. On May 7th, it was announced that Disney Springs will start reopening in phases on May 20th. Stores and restaurants will have enhanced safety measures, including increased cleaning procedures, the use of appropriate face coverings and masks for cast members and guests. The mask for Goofy will be extra large. (laughs) Or Donald Duck or Daffy. Donald, not Daffy. That's Looney Tunes. No, but it's so I guess the restaurants were pre phase one because they've been opened. So. I guess. Yeah, it was, it was, the, over the, it was the soft open. It was the soft, soft open. Let's see if it goes good. That's what it is. Right? Shanghai soft Disneyland, opening. May 11th, they will reopen. And then uh, Tokyo Disney Resort, post May 2020. They're uh, they're talking about they're talking about at least uh, until May 6th after resurgence of cases in April. Uh, so so they're week. they're thinking about reopening at a date in mid May. Uh, Disneyland okay. Paris, they're shooting for September of 2020. As a total goal, um, they they are starting to reopen uh, stores and schools as of May 11th. Beaches on June 1st. Restaurants and cafes June 2nd. Public events with more than 5,000 people are against the law until September. And, and that's not New York. That's uh, uh, Paris. Sorry about that. Uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, as of right now, there is no announcement as to when they will reopen uh, Disneyland Hong Kong. Uh, but it Hong has Kong. limited public gatherings to four people and advised social distancing of five feet. Who comes up with these? What happens uh, at in, six feet in this instance, that happens at five? In this instance, uh, the Internet came up with it. The, That's the CNET, Internet came up with yeah, it. Got CNET.com. It. Stop by. Check that out. It's when Disneyland and Disney World might reopen following the COVID-19 procedures. Yeah, but five feet, six feet here in the U.S. is six feet. So, in, so in Europe, it's five feet. I mean, what is it because of the metric system? Public gathering, four people, four people, not six. Not but it doesn't define the type of people. Like, if you're okay. a tall person, like, is there something different for you rather than a normal uh, size to short person? I have no idea. True. You know, that is true. Okay, that's probably how they come up with the with the five feet rule and not the six feet rule. Ah, could be, 
Could be. We are so intelligent. So, yeah, Disney on the move, Florida on the move. You are into your phases. The world is changing as of right now. Everyone you know is driving back to work. They're commuting. The sun rails are packed. Everyone is, like, stoked and excited. The Ubers are driving. No, talk to me. What's happening? So there are some people that are excited, some people that are not excited. Um, I did see in an article today that Disney is calling back 150 janitorial staff to start getting things ramped up. They're calling back engineers. They're calling back some other folks that were not, quote unquote, essential. Um, And they are starting to start to get ready for those reopenings. Now, um, I do know some some parts in South Florida, some counties down there are still not open. They're still in pandemic mode just because there were hotspots in the in these past six weeks or so. Um, but I did see and I, I got to find this article earlier today. I saw an article that in either Clearwater or somewhere in West Florida, there's a bunch of people protesting because the gyms are not open and they're doing like mountain climbers and push ups in the middle of the road. And in the sidewalk somewhere in St. Pete or Clearwater, I forgot where it was. I was reading it, I was reading it during lunch today. And they're just protesting the gyms uh, not being open. So, JC, here's my question, though. What, what, if you go out and protest, I get it. You want to go ahead and you want to be able to exercise your right of free speech because that is your right. But at what cost? Right? Because if you go out um, ah, in Clearwater, it's you found the- it? It's at the cost of being all over social media and the news. And this is from WFLA. Jim protest. A group of protesters has gathered outside the courthouse in Clearwater, calling Clearwater. for gyms to reopen in Florida. There were 30 angry gym rats gathered in front of the Pinellas County Courthouse in Clearwater on Monday morning to demonstrate against a statewide order that closed gyms statewide last month because of coronavirus at one point during the demonstration a group of protesters dropped to the pavement and began doing push-ups in unison according to the video they seem to me making the point that you do not need a gym to exercise (laughs) other demonstrators waved american flags and held signs that read we are essential according to the video the protest comes as demonstrators have taken to the streets and state houses across the country to demand businesses be allowed to open up amid the coronavirus outbreak. On Sunday, nine protesters were arrested outside of City Hall at a demonstration calling for New York City and state to reopen, despite the highest coronavirus death toll in the entire United States of America. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, it's I, in, And they're protesting because they want the gyms open. I saw a video on social media over the weekend. I guess um, some people were out and about in Jersey when they, when they weren't supposed to be out and about and the police got involved and somebody swung at the police and the police swung back next to, you know, it's this big brawl, humongous brawl of people getting beat up. And why? I don't understand why. There's a lot so, going on and there's a, a big differences of opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm neutral. You know, I mean, you live in the state that you're in and you do what you mm-hmm. have to do. Uh, past that, uh, you take care of your own. You know, I I understand though that some people might be extremely frustrated during these times, and and life is is vastly different from state to state, city to city, county to county, and uh, there there are things maybe to be evaluated at at different levels instead of a flat standard across the board. 
Yeah, but at some point you have to question people's rationale and common sense or the level of common sense. Do you really think the government officials in Clearwater are going home tonight saying, you know what? I don't know if we made a right call in closing the gyms. We got 30 angry workout people outside. Well, let's open it back up tomorrow. That's not going to happen. Okay. It really is not going to happen. Question so, for you. In, what's a, the point? in a state like New York, okay. uh, what's, what's the point of preventing a landscaper to show up and move dirt in your yard? Brings topsoil in, moves that dirt around, plants some grass. That happened? How is that, that, how is that uh, something that should be prohibited? Controlled and regulated. Job, go ahead and do it. But you're not allowed to in New York. That is Why? a service that is disallowed from continuing business operations during these times. Yeah, but you guys are a little bit weird, right? So, Did but, you guys the, but to that point, soda bottles? it's different state <laughs> to state, right? And, and yeah, we're, we're just struggling to live within those confines. So while yeah. things are different in Florida, that, that mindset might seem a little strange or a little off-putting, but at the same time, maybe in their particular community, uh, that that's normal, rational, and expected. I, I, I do have to tell you this, though. Uh, the entire right to assemble, it doesn't matter if you're for something, against something, mm-hmm. what side you're on. Just the fact that mm-hmm. you can have a voice, I think, is fantastic. Okay, fine. I but may not agree out, with what you're saying or doing. No, true. <laughs> you know, but, but if you hey, go kudos out, to you for saying stuff, I guess. But <laughs> True. Well, but, but you know what? But you have to gauge that, right? So I think, what, a few years not ago? Me. when You said you. You're talking to me or well, just you, you meaning, the, no, the proverbial you? you. You in you in general, yes, yeah. I mean, were you out there protesting? No, I was working. Okay, yeah, there you go. Right, so I'm not talking to you then, right? It's just everybody else. Oh no, but it's there you go. But if you were one of those, takes a lot of research to get ready to do this show, Rick. It really does. It really it's we research all five minutes before the show starts. Tons of work. Ton of it. Ton of it. Um. Yeah, but if you go out and you protest, you get hurt, you come home, was it worth it? Was it really worth it? It's a, a cop shoots off a tear gas. It hits you right in the eye. You lose an eye. You know what? You're blind, but you know what? I was able to exercise my free speech. And for what? Because she was mad that the gym would, wasn't open? It doesn't make sense. And and I'm with you. That That's fine. I am all for people to to uh, to assemble. I'm all for people to protest as long as it's done peacefully. But just how they're allowed to protest, I'm allowed to let them know how dumb it sounds. Well, it's kind of like uh, the is. fights that happen with people that get in line at Chick-fil-A or, or Popeye's or any of those places. And then they fight and argue <laughs> over sandwiches. <laughs> they do. <laughs> True, but look, Pre-COVID. I highly doubt. No, hold up. I highly doubt. I highly doubt the people who would get into fights at Popeyes and Chick Fil A between those sandwiches are the same ones who are protesting about their freedom of speech. I highly, highly doubt that. Well, I was you really just, think? I, no, I didn't say that. Come right, on, I'm just saying. Come on. All right, yeah, but you're right. There's um, there are questionable common sense levels pre-COVID. Um, yes, we do have that. I mean, I do live in the state of Florida, home of Carol Baskin. So that's, that says everything right there. Everything you need to know about Florida. <laughs> Does it though? Just watch the Does show. it? No, seriously. No, it Who, doesn't. You know, in, in the wake of that tiger show, who sat down and spoken to Carol? Ricky, why, why, why can't we have her on the show to talk about her business model and 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 her philosophies <laughs> in in the world of human resources. 
because I don't want to piss her off and end up as a you know tiger meal. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so no, I'm I don't I don't know if I am gonna. You know what? Come on, you know, it's I'm not like she's running for office that. or anything. Take it easy. I'm gonna email her. I'm gonna email her and I'm gonna say, hey, would you want to come on a podcast? Why not? Oh, is it a tiger podcast? And those an HR one. Yeah, why not? It'd be interesting. You know, it'd be a good discussion right. about uh, running that kind of business. There's a lot that goes into that, Rick. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot that. Uh, so what else? That, uh, okay. So what? Just... What else is going on in your neck of the woods? And when I say that, I'm talking in the HR space. I know you're deeply networked with human resource professionals across the entire country. There's a lot going on right now. DOLs, FAQs on everything that's happening is up to 95 plus. People are like uh, really, really ramping up and getting ready for potential. You know, bringing back to work or rehire or posting jobs or I mean, what, where are we right now? That's what we're doing. A lot of organizations now. Now I'm talking about Florida. I'm pretty sure there's other states that are on the same um, opening timeline as we are. Um, not Georgia. Georgia opened up before they closed. Um, but at least in Florida, what we're doing, we are now slowly calling people back. And what HR people need to do, and business owners need to really think about during this time, is Figuring out what the strategy is going to be to bring people back. You just can't just open the doors and welcome people back in. You still have to figure out what kind of social distancing procedures you're going to have in the office. Are you going to require associates to wear masks? If you are, are you going to provide those masks? They get pretty costly if you use four, five, six in one day times 1,200 associates. That really, really gets expensive. So who's going to pay for that? So that's um, that's some of the things that we're looking to do right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the policies are being written. And some organizations, JC, believe it or not, they are learning that this work from home thing, it really does benefit the organization, the morale, the culture of the organization. And some organizations have decided, regardless of what's happening with COVID, they're going to continue to telecommute until the end of the year. And I think one of them was at Facebook and Google. I think uh, there's an uh, article in Yahoo Finance. Let me find that article. Facebook and Out Google extend working Mountain from home. Out of Mountain View, California. That's right. Google has announced to employees that it is extending its work from home policy through the end of 2020 for the majority of employees. According to Forbes, the company has extended its plans for at least the second half of the year, but will open offices globally in June for some employees Mm. if local guidelines allow it. The announcement coincides with Facebook. As its back-to-work strategy was announced on Thursday as well, CNBC reports the social media company will allow any employees who can do their work remotely to continue doing so and will begin to open most of its offices Mm. on July 6th. Google's chief executive officer, Sundar Pichai, told employees that those who need to return to the office will have access in July with considerably enhanced safety protocols in place. However, the majority of staff who can complete their work from home will be able to do so throughout the end of the year. So that's Google. That's Facebook, two powerhouses in Silicon Valley. So these organizations, not well, not theirs, but most organizations need to take note because the theory of people working from home not being productive was completely thrown out the window with Mother Nature. Mother Nature forced our hand, and now that theory turned into application, and people are starting to see, wait a minute. 
people are being not only as productive, but some folks are being even more productive working from home. So why do we have a brick and mortar establishment? Why do we have that? Well, Nationwide CEO Kurt Walker said it plans to permanently transition to a hybrid operating model that comprises Mm. primarily working from office in four main corporate campuses and working from home in pretty much all other locations. The company said it will exit most buildings outside the four main campuses by November 1st, 2020, and move associates in these locations to permanent remote worker status. We've been investing in our technical capabilities for years, and those investments really paid off when we needed to transition quickly to a 98% work-from-home model, said Nationwide CEO Kurt Walker. Our associates and our technology team have proven to us that we can serve our members and partners with extraordinary care with a large portion of our team continuing to work from home. So what episode number is this, JC? This is 236, right? So mark my words. This is episode 3542. (laughs) If you're counting like corporate podcast numbers count. We just so packed is, like seven episodes together for a full run. And one. This yeah, is that's 4, all we do. So this is episode 236. So mark my words. Two years from now, you're going to look back at this episode and you're going to listen to what I'm saying. Like, damn it, he was right. You've heard of timeshare for vacations. You're going to start seeing timeshares for office space. And, he, and here's what I mean by that. A lot of organizations just realize that they don't need a full-time um, physical space for them to be productive. So what's going to end up happening, either they're going to lease out the buildings that they own or they're not going to renew their leases. And then all these other companies, these other organizations that specialize in buying up real estate, buying up office space and renting it out to entrepreneurs and small to medium sized companies on a day by day, week by week, month by month contract. Those are going to be the ones that are going to be making a lot of money post COVID because a lot of organizations are going to go light when it comes to the real estate portfolio. And they're going to focus on that. The location of the buildings, the nationwide is exiting and shifting all its employees to permanent remote worker status include Harleysville, Pennsylvania, Raleigh, North Carolina, Wausau, Wisconsin, Richmond, Virginia, and last but not least, Gainesville, Florida. On the heels of the announcement of closing every single one of those buildings, shutting down the brick and mortar, selling it off, doing what they have to, turning in their parking passes, Mm -hmm. closing down the coffee shops that are out front, Nationwide has also stated that it remains committed to its philanthropic efforts throughout the country. Think about how much money that will leave. If I own a building that has five offices and I can rent... That one space, that one office space for one company, for one team, for one day of the week every month, you know how many different companies that can have using the same space? Dude, just imagine the workers that you currently have on staff, how much more you could pay them. Yeah, I'm sure CEOs are thinking about that. (laughs) Karen did great during COVID. Let's give Karen a 20 grand raise. No, that's right. You don't think it's going to happen that way? uh, No, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I mean, you're assuming that the whole reason CEOs are doing that is to pay their associates more. No, they're trying to save some money. 
they're realizing that this is the way to go. And some investors with a lot of money in their pocket are going to start buying up those buildings or, okay. or, or developing those buildings, developing that land so we can have that model. So if a business, if a business shifts to a more remote workforce like that mm-hmm. and the wages for the employees aren't going up, mm-hmm. but as we know, healthcare is not going down. It's going up. But healthcare plans have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. So more has come off the back of the employee. Correct. Could you foresee in the third eye of Ricky Bias a world at a time in a place with some things <laughs> yeah. where where businesses actually start to give a little bit more money towards medical expenses or benefits rather than coming to the table with raises across the board? the organization that values the talent that they have on payroll will go that route, whether it's total compensation, which includes their benefits, um, or just straight cash, just cash increase. If they value their associates, if they value the talents that they have on payroll, that's what they'll do. If you have a business owner, if you have an entity that is run by a board, and the whole purpose of the CEO is to provide value to the shareholder, I don't see those folks doing that to the associates. I really don't because what they want to do that the, the second set of people that I, that I talked about, the only thing they want to do is to increase the value to the shareholder. That way they get their stock options. Whereas other organizations where they have the right ideas in mind and is, and that is to really take care of the talent that takes care of you. That's those are the folks that are really, that's the organization that's really going to last in the long run with tenured employees because nobody's going to want to leave. If you take care of them, your rock stars are going to, they're going to stay. And the people who don't perform you, they get developed up or they get developed out. And that's exactly the kind of structure you want to have. Times are different than previously expected. Yeah. And with that, Sherm has taken a deep look into that. Oh, a new Sherm survey is out. 41% of workers feel burnt out during the pandemic out of Alexandria, Alexandria, Virginia. Business Wire, May 11, 2020. New research from SHRM, a.k.a. the Society for Human Resource Management, offers a warning to U.S. companies about the psychological costs of COVID-19. While millions find themselves unemployed, 41% of U.S. employees feel burnt out from work, while another 23% report feeling depressed. The survey on mental health of U.S. workers under lockdown also found employees are struggling with negative emotions, concentration, and motivation. Notably, rates were higher among women, younger workers, and those living with a vulnerable person. There are some key findings, Ricky. Nearly one in four, 23% of employees report feeling down, depressed, or hopeless often. 41% feel burnt out, drained, or exhausted from their work. More than one in five employees report COVID-19 has threatened the tangible parts of their job to a great extent or to a great, great extent, including personal opportunities, job security, safe working conditions, benefits, and pay. One in three employees, 37%, reported having done nothing to cope with these feelings, and only 7% have reached out to a mental health professional. So I'm going to start off by saying... There is a quote here, if you want it, from Johnny. From who? Mr. Taylor. Really? Quote, 
It's a timely reminder during Mental Health Awareness Month that there's more to this crisis than new cases and economic costs, said Sherm President and CEO Johnny C. Taylor Jr., Sherm SCP. COVID-19 has taken a toll on our minds and emotions in a million little ways. Now, more than ever, employers should be I do apologize. Now more than ever, employers should double down against stigmas and guarantee employees know of the resources, benefits, and accommodations available. End quote. Sans my stuttering. I got you. I got you. I'm just just trying to start off this. I I don't know if I want to call that a rebuttal. But, I mean, in order for you to be burnt out from work and depressed from work, don't you have to have a job for that to happen? Just saying. And what, right? what? What's your Sherm post nominal again? I am a Sherm SCP. Same as him. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. I am. <laughs> I am. Just saying. No, but I mean, it, right? Don't you have to? So I get it. I get it that that uh, people. I mean, look, May is mental. Uh, um, uh, it, it's Mental Awareness Month, right? Mental Health Awareness Month. So obviously we are going to uh, um, promote a lot of the um, uh, employer assistance programs and work-life solutions, stuff like that. So, yes, we are going to promote that. And it's definitely necessary. It's needed. But it's – I get it. It's happening right now. There's some people that are working. They're really stressed. They're really depressed. I'm just focused on bringing more people back. That way, the the work can be easily distributed evenly and get people back to work. That's what I'm focusing on. I'm over here laughing because I heard you say it was Mental Awareness Month. And I heard that with a UK accent. Like, it's mental. (laughs) It's mental. Mental awareness. Very mental. (laughs) Losing my mind, eh? (laughs) Like... You're killing it. Yeah, you like said that. mental aware, uh, mental health awareness. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Catch, I knew I screwed up, but I didn't, ha- I didn't have a dang accent. But okay, fine. <laughs> I heard sure. it that way in my head, though. Anytime someone says the word mental or mate, I instantly go that way. You know what I mean? You instantly go to Europe, huh? Hey, okay. mate. <laughs> it's <Or>. mental. <laughs> well, okay, got it. All right, but so I mean, wrapping it, up that article for you, Rick, uh, yeah. the research also found women, younger workers, and those living with a vulnerable person. I get that piece. I.e. I get that, yeah. I.e. health workers, essential employees, those over 65 years old, and the immunocompromised were more severely impacted by COVID-19. For instance, women, 51% are more than likely, more likely than men, 47%, to report feeling down depressed, or hopeless often on the survey. Half of Gen Z employees, 51%, agree their work makes them feel burnt out compared to 24% of baby boomers who are amazing and have no problems. So with that, the key findings summaries are there. The full findings are available um, on the SHRM website, stopbysherm.org, HR Today. Trends and forecasting, navigating COVID-19, the impact of the pandemic on mental health. Um, if you just go to Google, you'll find it. So, just go to so Google. I don't know what the point of that was, because if you take what's happening right now, if you take that same survey and you go ahead and you and you um, conduct that survey 30, 40 years from now, the people 
30, 30, 40 years from now, the people who represent whoever the baby boomers will be then at that point in time, which I guess would be Gen Z's or the, no, not millennials, but Gen Z's. So wouldn't they be on the same level as baby boomers now? Because the reason baby boomers are, are, are not excuse me, the, the reason J, um, Jay-Z, <laughs> I almost uh, thought that Jay-Z was here. Gen Z, <laughs> he's just all over the place. I'm hungry. And I'm thirsty and I'm tired. I do apologize, folks. That's just part of the show. So Gen Z's right now, yeah, they're stressed out. They don't have that much experience to deal with these kinds of issues like, um, I don't know, the um, baby boomers are. So I, I bet if you did this in 30 or 40 years, you're going to get the same numbers with the same representative parallels when it comes to these generations. I think it's going to happen regardless. There's so no harm the on the folks. employee's side, though, taking time for yourself if you are working during these times. If you have the time to take and you have the ability to take it, don't feel bad about taking it, especially if you're so, allowed to take it. So now, with so had that last part, if you're allowed to take it. So that's the piece I wanted to talk about. This is a great opportunity for a business leader and um, or a business owner not to be an a-hole. So because you have to. So, OK, so I'm taking back what I said earlier, because I said, what's the point of this article? But now I know now I know it's to let people know that need is out there. There's people that are hurting right now, even if they they leave their home, they leave their vulnerable loved ones to go to work, especially in the healthcare field. You get exposed to this and then you praying to God you don't bring it back home. That does take a toll on people. So for you business leaders, for you unit leaders, make sure you're cognizant of that and you give the associates more time than normal to deal with that and check in on them every now and then. Don't wait for them to come to you or wait for until something to happen, something that you can't uh, turn the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, clock back on or something you're going to regret for inaction. Give them the time to deal with whatever they have, but don't wait for them to ask you. Do some some pulse checks more than normal to check up on them and make sure they're okay. In full disclosure, it states here at the bottom of their survey that this research methodology was a random sample of 1,099 U.S. employees was sourced from the online panel Prolific. The survey was conducted April 15th through April 16th of this year. Mm. Full disclosure. That's the fine print you don't find in the articles. But that's the fine print that HR Talk is going to bring to the table. You need to scroll through some of this stuff and find that and see if it fits, see if the shoe fits, see if it's appropriate. Granted, it took time to put this together. Excellent piece. Definitely stop by. I'm, I'm not advocating for anyone. They don't pay us to say this. But go there. Stop by Sherm.org. Check this out. Give it a read. See if it fits for you. But uh, take, a, take a look. Take a look at where those sample sizes come from and what the dates yeah. are associated with yeah. that. That's only 1,099 people that were surveyed. And it was directly from something that was sourced. You could tell that whoever conducted that has no issues with OCD. None whatsoever. Why? Why do you say that? We got 1,999 people. We're good. Well, wait a second. We can't you, get you one and more? I talked no, about no, this no, before. You, you and I talked <laughs> about this before. Yeah. It, numbers can help you paint the picture you want, right? Yeah. yeah okay. That's true. We surveyed 1,099 and we're at, uh, hang on, let me check for you, Rick. Yeah, 63% of employees agree that their supervisors have adapted and adjusted well to the changes. Yep. Cool. Look, don't yeah, go to 1,100. We can't drop below 63. We can't go above 60. We need to hit that number. Right. Survey the right. amount of people you need to hit 63. No problem, sir. <laughs> you know? 
Always look at the number of samples. Yes, that will tell you a story that's not in the story. You're right about that. What would be interesting, since Sherm did put this out today on the 11th here, mm-hmm. and it was picked up by media outlets, etc. It would be interesting if they had an optional online survey that you could take as a professional with your accreditation, go in, log into whatever it is, wherever you pay your bills there, mm-hmm. and take the survey by your own yeah. hand and get the sample size from a, from a different perspective as well and do a comparison and then take that comparison to a pie chart and a graph and then have the yep. pretty pictures and, and then release that seven months from now or something. That would I don't make know. Sense, I'm just putting that something out sense. there. <laughs> why? why? I, put the, I put the ideas out there. People make money off them. It's good. Run with it. Do it. Get the samples. So are you saying we should do our own survey? That's what I think we should do. I think we should go on Ricky, Twitter. Ricky, if we did our, our own, own survey, survey, like three people would answer. Okay, then. Two of them that are is, from Nigeria are, and Kenya right now. And they just recently picked up on your stuff, and the other is your mother. <laughs> yeah. So mama will say everything is great. The people from Kenya have been trying to reach you. I don't know if that's the right accent. And it's not a problem. You could be from Kenya and Nigeria. We have nothing against you. It's just when you call with the... Uh, talking about the magistrates looking for my Windows pin. I got problems with that. You know, I don't know. That's the new one now? Yeah, okay. there's a whole thing going yeah, sure. on. New York Times, yeah. how my boss monitors me while I work from home. As we Ooh. shelter in place in the pandemic, more employers are using software to track our work. And us. London, April 23rd. I start work at 8.49 a.m., reading and responding to emails, browsing the news, scrolling Twitter, at 9.14 a.m., I made changes to an upcoming story I read through my interview notes, and by 10.09, the work momentum was lost. I read about the Irish village where Matt Damon was living out quarantine. All of these details from the website I what? visited to my GPS coordinates were available to my boss for review. Here's why. With millions of us working from home in the coronavirus pandemic, companies are hunting for ways to ensure that we are doing what we are supposed to. Demand has surged for software that can monitor employees with programs tracking the words we type, snapping pictures with our computer cameras, and giving our managers rankings of who is spending too much time on Facebook and not enough in Excel. The technology raises thorny privacy questions about where employees draw the line between maintaining productivity from a homebound workforce and creepy surveillance. So... That to any organization that gets implements that kind of software for their employees for the sole purpose to check to see if they're not doing their job or they are doing their job, it's they're already trust issues there. Stay away from that organization. Hang on, though. You could hire an entire department to help analyze that stuff, though. It's well, a good spot to spend money. Well, that's why I'm saying and hire for your the, friends for the if they're doing it for the right reasons, right? right, or for the wrong reasons. But that can give you some good data because that can tell you what areas need to be tightened up, what areas you need to spend more time on as far as productivity is concerned. Not different people altogether, but just get that data. Don't find out who is doing what, but it gives you some good information on what your entire organization is doing. But confidential so this was written by adam satariano uh this is published in the new york times if you google new york times employee monitoring work from home virus you're going to find the article it's amazing 
This guy goes ahead and downloads employee monitoring software, and he makes the conscious effort to do so. Uh, the software is made by a company called Hubstaff, right? And every few minutes, it takes a screenshot of the websites that he browses, the documents he's writing, all the social media sites that he's visited. Wow. From his phone, it mapped where he went to include a two-hour bike ride that he took around the park with his kids in the middle of the workday one day, like on his whoa, lunch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. On his Stop. lunch. Yeah. His personal phone or his work phone? I all he says is from my phone. He doesn't specify. <laughs> so I, I'm wow. I'm unsure. Uh so they're they're tracking this guy big time, right? Wow. So uh he downloaded the Hubstaff app or software rather to his laptop yeah. and phone with more than a touch of skepticism. So he, he made the conscious choice to put it on his phone. So I I would I'd be safe to bet that it might be the work phone or be deemed the work phone just to see what the outcome would be for the sake of the article. Know what and I mean? That's still creepy. Oh, extremely that's still creepy. Yeah. Extremely. Uh, so it, they, they really tout the whole name of security, um, talking about how employees rarely having any say about how they were being watched, uh, being a, a big issue. Um, trials of Hubstaff software, which costs $7 to $20 a month per user have tripled since March, according mm. to his findings. And one of the main features of this software is that overall activity monitor. It gives managers a snapshot of what an employee is doing. Now, Microsoft has something very similar to this. Uh, if you have recently uh, got into to the deeper suite of Microsoft products, there's mm. uh, there's some features there. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners are already becoming familiar with that, and I won't go into that too much right now. But uh, it breaks it down on this Hubstaff application into 10-minute increments. It tallies what percentage of the time the worker has been typing, moving, uh, moving the mouse, uh, physically moving, according wow. to GPS coordination. That... And uh, it, it generates a productivity score at the end of the day. So you could be on a conference call, and you could be in a brainstorming session. You could be in a working group. You could literally be working your tail off, walking around your house, Making coffee and being <laughs> yeah. found to be the least productive, least productive person in the world, yeah. while you just like remapped the entire schema, <laughs> like uh, like the guy that stayed up drawing in marker on his windows mm. in the overnight. You know what I mean? So no, I, I get you. That, that that's why I think this is a horrible idea if it's used for that. But if you're just grabbing information about where where your resources are being spent, I understand that piece from a business owner's perspective. But don't tie it back to the individual associate. Just just get the data so Check you this. can make the right decisions because of it. Check this out. Mm -hmm. um, he says that the software still tallies his deviations. It showed he was on Twitter for a total of 35 minutes and lost 11 minutes to browsing Spotify, Slack, an overall collaboration tool that his organization uses took 22 minutes of his time throughout the entire day. Food became a common distraction, <laughs> including I mean, a 10 minute hunt to try to find a takeout pizza place to place his order to get food, wow. which counted negatively on his statistics for the day and his overall productivity. It also logged all his GPS coordinates from his phone and then dissected that and broke that down into productivity angles as well. That was so, all so, within week one. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm going to give you a scenario, JC. You got employee A and employee B. 
Employee A does everything that you just said, right? This is a sales organization. Employee A goes on Twitter, goes on Spotify, go get some pizza, does all these things. But this employee generated, I don't know, $2 million in sales a month. Then you got employee B who is a productivity king. He's always on the conference calls, is doing all these things, never spending time on Twitter, not even thinking about Spotify. They make $500,000 in a month. What's the problem there? Good question. What's the problem? Good right? question. And these so things can only these things can only help set a baseline for what you deem to be a reasonable business practice at the end of the day, right? So this Correct. guy, as he continues on, and I'm not going to give away everything within his article. Please stop mm-hmm. by uh, the New York Times and check this out: employee monitoring, work from home virus. Uh, but he he goes on to say, ultimately, his productivity score was at 30 percent, sometimes edging up to 50 percent and and he couldn't help but laugh a lot and now he's figuring out how to cheat the system and if he needs to go get coffee from the coffee maker upstairs he'll open a google doc leave it open walk away get his coffee come back (laughs) so don't lock your computer don't do that it'll get recorded open up a google doc how crazy is that but wait a minute doesn't it also track your your keystrokes so you have a google doc but what if you're reading no, just get your cat to just start dancing on the keyboard. But when you're reading, hey, you don't have to read with your fingers. <laughs> no, true. So you're right. You know, uh, blind people do. Wow, JC, that is so messed up. Good catch. But that is so in this example, up. it was leaving a Google Doc open. I haven't yet. <laughs> I've yet to see. And please correct me if I'm wrong. But I've yet to see a Braille monitor like on a regular laptop. Have you seen a touchscreen Braille monitor on a regular laptop yet? They exist, but on I a regular laptop. I don't think I've laptop. ever seen a Braille touchscreen monitor. A Braille monitor. monitor. A Braille monitor. I've seen those. Okay. Yeah, totally different ball of wax. You're not going to find yeah. that on your, like, tablet. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, they don't have that on the phone. Yeah, I got right. you. Screen readers, whatever. You know, open the Google Doc, let it read to you, walk away, get your coffee, you know. <laughs> so that he's he's got some great insights here, things I didn't even touch on. This was probably one of the better articles I've read from the year 2020 in general. So that once again, scary. one more promotion here for this guy. Did not pay us to say it. Adam uh, Satariano, Satariano. S-A-T-A-R-I-A-N-O. Title of the article, How My Boss Monitors Me While I Work From Home, New York Times Technology. Check that one out. Not to be missed. But hold on. What makes it great? What about that article? His writing. His writing. Yeah. He's a phenomenal writer. When when you read you. this piece, you you really become entrenched in the story. It's uh, very good. It's it's one of the best. Very great. I don't know. It was a very you big just article. Said it kind of pissed me off, though, man. It was fantastic. It, 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 <laughs> It's big I didn't really even big give league. you. It was very big. It was, I didn't even give you the best of the best on that one, though. So it's stop by and check that one out. Okay, I need to lob it over to you because I have two more things left, but they fall in line with the articles that we normally do towards the end of the day. So, Ricky, I've been talking a lot. I've been throwing a lot of articles, a lot of things at you. Um, talk to me, man. What's uh, what's some of your thoughts? I, I don't to, know, but I. I can hear the lights in the studio. Okay, so you can hear me good. All right, (laughs) gotcha. Somebody turned off the lights in the studio. All right. Um, No, it's so that story kind of 
got me a, a little under my skin, right? Because one of the things that we actually, the main thing that we push here on the show, JC, and with Bioscore Learning is trust, to trust your employees. And then if you have organizations that buy this kind of software, that sends a huge message that we don't trust you. We don't care that you're telling me you're producing a good product. We want to make sure that you're not gaffing off. And it's I'm sure that software is not cheap. So not only do they not trust their employees, but they're spending money to ensure that mistrust in their employees. So for, I don't know. I, I don't know what what organization with the right leadership who really cares about what the employees feel or they bring to the table would actually put that on their arsenal. Why would they do that? I, it's, it's, I mean, I get PDF fun and laughing. I get it. It's just, I don't know. It, it's to me that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but you're going to start seeing a lot of that, especially when people do start coming back to work. Your privacy is going to be invaded that much more, especially a lot of other organizations besides Disney are talking about people getting the temperature check as they go into work. Question for the yes. HR guy here. Go ahead. Shoot. Show is HR talk. Some people probably already know the answer uh-huh. to this one. Some people may not. Some people may be surprised with what you're about to answer and say. When we're when we're thinking about these softwares and installing stuff like this within our organizations, mm-hmm. do do you view it as if a company moves forward with this, as it changing the dynamic of the work environment or uh, some of the aspects of the job? Like, is there a certain is is there a consideration? of needing employees to know and fill out a form or something to understand and accept the fact that they know they may already know in advance that there's no privacy or whatever, but mm-hmm. to understand and know that your GPS coordinates will be aggregated and tracked from everything and God in creation, like yeah. to what extent should, shouldn't that be provided to an employee in writing? So they're aware at the point in time of job offer or onboarding or not offer, but onboarding and or change in, in standard protocols. So here's, here's what I would do if I was that HR business partner for that leader, I would try my darnest to talk him down from doing this. That's the first and foremost. Don't do this. Just other ways because this information can be what you're about to do can easily be mistaken getting you just not trusting your employees and that is the message that's going to send even if that's not the intent is now, there is there it, any ramifications though if we're talking employment labor law or like i'm getting there unions getting okay there. all right all right yeah, yeah so 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 here's the thing so what i would tell the employer who is still going to do this not necessarily for the associates coming on but for this is a huge shift from the associates that are currently there before they implement this and after so, yes, I do believe that we need to hold some kind of communication strategy to let them know why we're doing this. This is why we're doing it. And just get out in front of it. You put it all out on front street and just let them know that we realize how this is going to come across. And we figured let's get ahead of it and have a, a town hall, a conference session to let you guys know why we're doing this. And we're going to share this data with you. That way it helps us in the long run. That's what I would say. If it's a unionized environment, good luck. Good luck with that because if if the union contracts are more specific than a regular employee handbook, 
And if you have unionized employees in a state where it's a closed shop, then yes, you may have some issues with the union as well. Not necessarily. Oh, wait a minute, though. When you just when you just do it, just do it, and and don't tell them about it. We we don't do it for metrics other than we're just curious. I mean, if it you doesn't do it and affect not tell anything, them about it, right? Well, get 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 ready for the unexpected attrition. People are going to leave. Some of them, not all. So. If you're going to go ahead and do that, just under, you know, just under DL, under the table. So you're going to expect some people who are really concerned about their privacy or, or folks who really value an organization that trusted their employees. They're going to leave you. And if you're OK with that, I'm just going to leave, too, because <laughs> I don't want to work for that organization. But I get it. Not everybody has that capability to jump from job to job. You know, some people do. Some people don't. So I completely understand that. But JC, here's the thing, right? And 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 I I say this what what I'm about to say I say this quite often, right? You have options. If you don't like what your employer is doing, then okay, say something about it. If they heard you and they still doing what you don't like, then you have two options. You can say, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be a part of this and I'm going to leave. That's option one. Option two is like, you know what, I can't go anywhere else. I'm going to stay. If you choose to stay, stop your bitch and stop complaining. It is what it is. You said your piece. Continue on with it. If you continue to make everybody else's life miserable because you don't like it, it's you're either going to promote yourself to a customer or you're just going to have to leave on your own. Either way, that's what's going to happen. But you have to make that choice. You can't get both choices at the same time and pick the best from each one. But that's um going back to what advice I would give that leader. That's what I would do. I would advise them against it. I would, if they're still going to do it, I would advise some kind of communication strategy to let the associates know what we're looking to do. And the worst thing you could possibly do is just, just to sneak that by them and not explain what's happening because what we think is going to go wrong with it with a lack of trust that message is sent. That's exactly, that's going to be right in front of them on their radar. So yeah, that's a touchy one for me, brother, because uh, I I it's, I can't stand micromanaging, and that's more artificial intelligence, more AI that organizations are going to hold to gospel to say, hey, we're not going to hold you accountable about how much time you're spending on a Google Doc. We're not going to hold you accountable about how much time you're spending on Facebook, all these other things, and not really focusing on the things that really matter. Are you hitting your goals? Now, if your goal is to stay out of Facebook for 20 hours a day, okay, fine. Make that a goal then. But I don't know of any organization that makes that a goal and they compensate goal, goal and they compensate associates based on how long they stayed out of Facebook. So, yeah, dude, that's a that's a whole nother show. Um, and uh, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm I'm off my high horse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you touched a nerve there. I'm good. Next article. No, 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 no. That that wasn't even a current event article yet. That was just a regular article that that required some of your feedback, some valued feedback. And and that one's – there's a lot to unpack with that one. There really is. And I'm looking forward to a point in time when we can dissect that and maybe have a couple people on the program to kind of talk about that a little bit deeper. And we know some people who are in those spaces who can give us some great insight on that. They really can. So, yes, let's plan that out. Current events this week are brought to you in part by 
life and times of a SCP-minded Sherm certified guy, Ricky Bias. So our first article here comes from the Tampa Bay Times. Dunedin Commissioner Maureen Freeney has been appointed as interim director of Pinellas Human Resources Department. A search is underway for a permanent leader. Your second okay. article is coming from the globenewswire.com. <laughs> Kathleen Larkin has been appointed chief human resource officer of SJI. What are you doing? What is this? Current events. You're reading people who got promoted into HR director roles. Well, yeah, on two of those. Okay, so uh, the <laughs> next one is coming from the Washington Post, written by Sonia Rao. Among the dwindling constants in this world of ours is the notion that if there is a meaningful opportunity to do so, the cast of the office will reunite. But unlike oh. most workplace reunions, which normal times might cover uh, might occur over drinks, the cast members often reminisce publicly. So John Krasinski... Uh, signed up mm-hmm. his uh, the cast of The Office, basically, to assist him with an online wedding that he just performed recently. Susan and John, um, a couple from Maryland, he invited them onto his podcast onto Sunday's episode after they informed him uh, that John proposed to Susan at a gas station, just like Jim Halpert asked Pam Beasley to marry him in the NBC sitcom. So even after staging this impromptu wedding for Susan and John on his podcast, SGN, with their family, friends, and newly crowned maid of honor, uh, <laughs> Jenna Fisher. Uh, she was digitally in attendance. Uh, John oh, Krasinski, wow. who's who's Jim. John Krasinski's Jim yeah. on The Office. Yeah. Okay, He found another way to surprise the guests. So he says, I quote, guys, there's only one way out of this wedding, he said. And Susan and John, because you're so elegantly ripped off our show for your proposal, I think it's only fitting that you rip off the wedding too. So one by one, uh, Krasinski and Fisher's office castmates came on the Zoom conference call from their homes and recreated the dance sequence from their wedding in yeah, Niagara Falls. Yeah. yeah. So they did this whole thing and totally like uh, blew their minds with this uh, online wow. wedding thing. Pretty cool. One of the first time that that uh, that cast has been back together and that they're long times. I didn't see that, but uh, yeah, it was that a good sounds story. like it, it would have been story. awesome. Uh, but they're still talking about doing a reunion at some point in time. Unsure when uh, there's even talks. I put a tweet out about this. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But um, I, Rain Wilson or uh, yeah, that's his name, right? That's Rain. his name. Yeah. 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 That's uh, Dwight, Dwight him and uh, I tagged Netflix as well. And I said, there's no better time than now for Netflix to run like a do a that series. Run it. <laughs> do the farm. You know, do you remember that yeah. episode like towards the end of the office where he like inherited the farm and was yeah. thinking about running the beet farm, yada, yada, and the whole. Th- do it. Do it. Run that series. <laughs> it's man. a spinoff. Yeah. You know what? It's been they long would, enough. They would do great at a spinoff just for Dwight. Dwight and and what was his? That's his what the farm interest? was supposed to be. So that that episode of The Office, the farm, it was like one hour in duration. His his aunt Susan passed away. He was inheriting the farm. He was. Mm-hmm. It, we saw a whole different side of Dwight, right? Yeah. And during that episode, you you really like had the sense that they were ready to spin this puppy off into a brand new world. And with that whole like finale, and I can't tell you how the whole. I can't tell you how it ended. I don't want to ruin it for anyone that didn't see it yet. Right. Okay. There's a younger people that listen to this that may not have seen it, True. but uh, yeah. the, um, 
with the way the entire thing ended, you really thought that they were going to spin off and do a whole thing focused on Dwight running the beet farm and doing the whole thing. And they That'd never did. Yeah, they never did. It. That'd be pretty fantastic to go back and do that, if not even put it back together. That's one show that has exceeded all expectations by going yeah. to the digital platform. It was not held and beholden to those Nielsen ratings and primetime earnings, etc. It went online, on demand, and it skyrocketed left and right, just kind of like HR Talk does on a weekly basis with the amount of <laughs> individual static IP downloads that we can count. That people say that is bull numbers if you accrue those. And <laughs> to them, I do say, yes, well, it kind of is. But you know what? When I look at the report and I see 60,000 individual IP addresses that touched a program, there's something to be said for that. Now, I don't know if someone just like touched it for a second or they stayed for a full hour. I have no idea. So I guess it is kind of an unquantifiable number. But at the end of the day, we're hitting people. Well, I'm not hitting nobody. We are listening. We're hitting their eardrums. This is coming from USMagazine.com, Ricky. Khloe Kardashian, she's facing major backlash right now for toilet papering Kourtney Kardashian's house amid the coronavirus pandemic. Now, I will be one to attest that... uh, Finding toilet paper has been extremely rough in my area of the country. I was able to find a six-pack this past weekend, which was great. We were uh, really down to our last straw. But uh, the 35-year-old revenge body host enlisted her 10-year-old nephew, Mason, and they toilet paper Courtney's Calabasas, California house. And uh, this this made the entire Internet blow up. And uh, people were not happy through the wasting of toilet paper. Uh, Ricky, those are your current events. Well, hold on. Are you upset by that story because you can't find toilet paper in New York? No, not at all. Because I know right? beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've got more toilet paper that you could shake a stick at down in uh, Florida right now. <laughs> uh, while we were still like struggling and thinking about using our hands, you know, I mean, tough times in New York, man. Tough times. Look, look, it's. So you're I'm laughing not a at me. I'm being serious. I'm laughing at you. I, I am laughing at you because every time you come to my house, you always got to say something about all the toilet paper that I have. Now, first of all, I am not hoarding it. I buy the regular amount that I always do at a, a major warehouse here per, in Orlando, per, Florida. Say that again. You're not pronounce the D in hoarding extra good for me, please. You're not wanting it. Hoarding. 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 Thank what you. The- Thank you. The first okay, time I'm you said hungry. that D slipped right out. Yeah, yeah, I really did. I really did. So, so no, I don't do that. Right. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Right? <laughs> uh, Ricky, final thoughts over to you, please. Look, man, it's an exciting time. And, and I know some people are not as excited as I am. I, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am to get back to some kind of, of some kind of, of some of a, of, of, of a time frame that resembles normalcy. So where it's happening, we're bringing people back, things are opening, and it's amazing how, how you, your value on something changes when the absence is pronounced. It really is, man. And we took for granted going to these restaurants. Now I'm dying to get back into them again. I just want to spend money and go out and go back to my normal life. So it's happening, folks. Uh, be patient with people. People are freaking out, as JC noted on a uh, on the article earlier. Some people are taking it well, some people are not. Just remember to be a human being to, to one another, not only at work, not only with your family, but with your neighbors as well. Yeah, so but just Ricky, at the, at the same time, 
before the police officer records body cam footage, there was no footage. And then when they <laughs> there hit record, no footage, there's footage. Right? There's footage after they hit record. <laughs> News at 11. That's so great. I have, I have no comments this week. That, no comments. I just, no just a little thoughts? bit more fun there at the back end. It was, uh, yeah, I, got I don't you. know. We did a lot of current events today, but we're just getting caught up, getting back in the speed of things. It was fun being well, back here. Thing. Thanks for, uh, letting me come on your show. No, thank you for hanging out on our show. That was awesome. Ricky, what are some of the best ways people could reach you as well as reach this program? We are on Twitter at Podcast HR, Facebook and Instagram, HR Talk Podcast. Email HR Talk at Biasco or just call us, Texas 407-501-8425. Find us on all of the platforms where you download your favorite podcast. Like us, let us know what you think. We really appreciate it. Any words of wisdom to the listening audience? Yes. Be human to each other. That's it. If I add anything to that, it sounds like it's, it's like you push me to do it. So no, yes, that's it. No, we like literally have like maybe 30 more seconds to go. That's okay. why. Be kind humans to each other.